So if you were to do any different, would you? I would do it faster. I borrow money and I do it faster and I do more. I would leverage. I think that's the biggest thing that I, I would definitely do differently. I didn't know that at the time. I thought I had to swing the hammer, but if I could do it again, I would do more deals. I would get more loans. I would JV partner if I needed to. And then you know what I would do? I would, I would keep them. I wouldn't sell them. Welcome back to The Donkey and The Bee, where men are jackasses and women are biatches, where we work together to build an extraordinary life. Tune in to up your game in your marriage, entrepreneurship, and finances. Welcome back. Today, Laura and I were talking about investing, your first steps in investing. What should you do? We'll talk about how we got into investing, and if we can do it over now, what would we do differently? So... Let's talk about this. What do you think people's first investment should be? That's an interesting question because when I hear investing, I think real estate. That's just like how my mind is wired. But when you say that, what's the first investment people should make? I kind of go the other route of their first investment should really be in themselves. So I think that if you're going about the route of you want to start investing assets, I think the biggest asset you have is you. And so before we talk about divulging into real estate, I really want to make that clear that the only way that we were able to start investing in real estate was by investing in us through podcasts, books, um, conferences, hanging around people who were, you know, further along the path than we were and kind of expanding our mindset. I think without that, we wouldn't be able to make that first investment in a true asset. So I would say the best ask, the best investment to make is in yourself. Yeah. So because we actually spent money, right, before we purchased any type of asset, before we spent money to buy something, we spent money to invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you can for sure do it for free, right? There's this podcast, there's many podcasts, there's YouTube, there's books, all sorts of things. And we do all of those. But at some point, you should perhaps use those free things to kind of dabble and sample little things, little niches, and really decide what you want to pursue. And then, you know, go all in on that. Start, you know, again, binging all these different contents. But at some point, you should pay you should find someone either to one-on-one or one-to-many coach you through this thing and give you a blueprint and a system. And that's ultimately what we did. We started with flipping houses. We found someone local who was an expert who flipped a whole bunch of houses and we paid him to show us how does he do it. So how much money do you think is reasonable if someone is just starting out? I mean, think about when we were first starting out, waiting tables, right? Had purchased our first house were barely making any money, had probably like three grand in our savings account. Like from that perspective, someone's just starting out or they're just getting off the ground financially. How much money is reasonable for them to start to invest in themselves? Well, I think what you just mentioned, I would utilize the free options first. So I would binge watch um, Ed Milet, um, Grant Cardone, maybe Andy Frisella, all of these guys who have done amazing things within their field, right? Then I'd also purchase some books on finances and real estate as well. So that doesn't cost very much. Maybe an Audible account. You can, what is it, $10 a book or something like that. Um, Or even Amazon. Buy some used books on Amazon too. But I think that is probably the first six months of just pretty much just like opening your brain and pouring all the contents in there to, to get a knowledge base on everything investing. 
So beyond that, um, I honestly don't have a specific number because I don't think there is should be a specific number on how much you should invest in yourself. We spent five figures, almost six figures probably now on on investing in ourselves, but that didn't start off in that huge number. It was very small in the beginning. And it was a huge number for us when we first had that first coach. It wasn't something that was easy for us to swallow when we found out how much it was. Um, I think it was what, 10 grand or something like that? $10,000? I think we paid less first. We kind of did in steps, right? Okay. I want to say we spent about three grand, 3,500. And I think this was our first investment, right? After Mm -hmm. The, the meetup groups and the podcasts and things like that. I think we saved up and we, we invested in ourselves. It's 3,500 bucks, roughly. And then we got we took some action. We got some results. We made some more money. And then I think we got to a different place where we were spending 10 plus. I know we spent with this person our first, it was what, 25 grand? Yeah, total. Mm-hmm. And then we've done you know, 25, 30 grand. We've spent 50 grand on different coaching. We've spent a lot of money as we are learning different niches and really just paying for a system, paying for for a shortcut, I'm paying to have my time back and not to have to go through that school hard knocks. Mm -hmm. So it's worth it if you can do these things. But again, I would encourage people to start free and then reasonable, I think it's like three to five grand. I think it's pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. If you have no experience in this and you're jumping in trying to buy your first property, your first asset, whether, you know, whatever kind of asset it is, I don't know if I would jump to like, I need to spend 30 or 50 grand right out the gate. I think I would get your feet wet because a lot of it is you developing. You know, it's not about the system that your coach has necessarily. Realistically, I think during that growth time when you're first getting started, there's a lot of fear and a lot of um, disbelief in yourself that you have to get past that and kind of some baby steps first. So if you went out the gate and you blew 30 grand on this coach who gave you a full system of how to you know, flip houses or wholesale or, or burr or anything like that, right? You might not get the results. I think it's a pretty strong chance. If you were like brand new to in this, that you probably get no results because you'd just be scared. Mm-hmm. You'd be intimidated. You'd be like the smallest little road bump would come and you'd be like, nah, this is not for me. I'm just gonna do nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you invested a little bit of money first, you took some action, you got scared you're like, ah, you had time to sit and think and get some more encouragement and then get out there again. I think it's 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 easier in that perspective. Mm-hmm. So after taking some time investing in yourself, okay, you have a good foundation, you built some confidence. Where do you think is the best place to go from there? At least for us, right? To, to even back up further into our story before we paid for any coaching or anything, we bought a property under our personal names, right? For us to live in. It was our first house. And I think really that was our first investment because we looked at a bunch of different properties before we purchased our first house. And we looked at you know new construction. We looked at, at properties that were renovated. And then we ended up buying the short sale that was at a discount and it needed a bunch of work. And it really intimidated us because we did not have mm-hmm. any of the skill sets that we do now. But we <laughs> went into this. I remember when we saw the, um, oh my goodness, what is it called? I remember when we saw the inspection report there was so much stuff wrong with the house and we were like, oh my gosh, this is a lemon. There's no way we could buy this house because we had no experience whatsoever. We had no idea. Most of the stuff on inspection report are so minuscule and easy to fix. 
they just have to point it out because that's their job. But we were terrified. That was the first thing. We were like, I don't think we should buy this house. We shouldn't do it. We were scared. And that's normal. I think that's going to be normal when you go into a first um, asset purchase. You're, you're going to try to talk yourself out of it. And that's what we almost did. We almost talked ourselves out of it. Yeah. We, we had to ask the realtor, like, is it, is there, is this normal? Like <laughs> yeah. the foundation does shift. Like there, there is mold sometimes under the house. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, it's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, so, but okay. As far as starting out, I would say, and this is why I want to say this, because I think that what we're talking about here is a little bit more advanced when we're talking about, let's get a coach, let's spend some money, let's, you know, flip houses or buy rental properties, right? I think we actually started a step before that. And I want to start there with this because I think it's so applicable and easy for people to get started. So we bought this property that was a short sale. It needed a bunch of work and we went into it knowing that this was an investment. Now, I know that we lived in it, right? And it's technically not an investment until we sell it and all that kind of stuff. But we came at it from the perspective of saying, hey, you know, we're, we're buying actually in a neighborhood where we knew we didn't want to send the kids to school, all right? So we knew we had like a three to five year play, a runway on this thing before we were going to sell it. So we really did a long-term flip where we bought it under our personal names and, and really renovated ourselves. And I think this is really the simplest place for people to start. Before you have to go through and learn all these different niches and start talking about, you know, calculators and ARV and all these different acronyms and financing, right? Like, it's pretty simple. We just did an FHA loan, Mm -hmm. bought this house with not very much money um, and actually borrowed some money from our family to get it because we literally had like a couple grand saved, right? Mm -hmm. But it allowed us to get the snowball rolling. And honestly, I credit that house to our success now, because ultimately we owned that house for about three years. We made a good amount of money on that house. We sold it. And then we took that money and we bought more deals. We actually sold it. We didn't buy another house for ourselves to live in. We rented several houses for, for, I don't know, seven years after that and continued to snowball that money into a bunch of different assets. um, Some that we kept and some that we flipped. So we didn't have the uh, luxury, I would say, of social media influencers when we were rehabbing our first house. We had YouTube. It was very new, I feel like. There was we, nothing on YouTube it, then. It, it, we learned how to tile a shower. I remember we looked up because we we only had a $500 budget to redo uh, monthly. And we were the labor is here. We were the laborers here. We, we were the ones who were putting in the work. And so we looked up how to tile a shower, and that is literally how we learned how to tile a full shower from YouTube. We didn't have the Instagram influencer showing us step by step. We just did it, and we actually failed the first time, and we had to break the tile, and we had to do it over again. And so I think a lot of times people will will, will butt up against defeat and be like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. But we were like, we have another option. Like, okay, we're just going to break it up and redo it again. We learned. Now let's do better. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's an important aspect to it is you're going to probably fail multiple times throughout this process, but I think it's still getting back up, dusting off your pants and keep walking. So I specifically remember we're putting can lights in the living room or in the master bedroom, one of the two. And there, that's why I think there wasn't really anything on YouTube because I remember searching online and I could not find any videos or anything showing me how to install can lights and run these because I was taking one light out and I was going to put in like six, right? And I had to like sequence these can lights out. 
And so I remember there was an electrician two houses down working on our neighbor's thing. And I like ran over to the guy. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, an electrician. I got to go ask this guy how to run can lights. And I literally remember like, okay. And he's looking at me like, you don't know anything about electrical. You're going to climb up in the attic and you're going to run these wires. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, mean, I got shocked like once or twice, but very, yeah. it was like then someone was like, hey, bro, turn off the breaker. But it was like, okay, nonetheless, like we went through school of hard knocks to do this. And yeah. honestly, it was a, it was very challenging, but it was fun. Like our we had, what, our first daughter was a baby at the time. Yeah. And it was just like this young family kind of thing. But we were hustling, we were grinding, and we we're doing it together. And it mm -hmm. built a lot of strength in our unity and our, in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, demo uh, videos actually that we should we should find and actually put them on here so people can see me kicking the door out and like r tilling the the grass in the back and so we did have a lot of fun there were a lot of tears in that house though too living in construction zone is not fun but um looking back it was well worth it so on that well worth it part because we were renovating this room by room not because of we had time constraints because we had money constraints it took us several years to get through the whole house because that's how much we could afford to do one like little project at a time. So we were living literally in just always, there was always dust. There was sheetrock dust everywhere. As we go room by room and sand it, we had to remud the entire house, skim the whole house because it was just horribly patched and nasty. But I would say this, that it was for sure worth it. If you are starting out, if like you were just like us, you had like three to five grand saved, right? And you had to borrow a couple grand from your parents and you wouldn't got an FHA loan in a neighborhood that you would not want to send your kids to school on, I would still do that. Mm -hmm. I think that was the start of our success and it really got things rolling for us and it didn't cost us. We didn't have a lot of money. We were able to just move from an apartment into this kind of rundown house and, and make it work. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think the difference was we did not debt scale from there. We didn't sell it and then take on a bigger debt by buying another property for us to live in, right? We we used that because we knew it was an asset. We knew, even though we lived in it, that this was our first investment. And we came at it through the whole process of remodeling this house ourselves. But then also when we sold it, knowing that, hey, this money we worked long and hard for, and this is our opportunity. Like we didn't have this money before. We couldn't do multiple deals, right? Like now we have an opportunity to set ourselves up to create more income for ourselves. So if you were to do any different, would you? I would do it faster. I'd borrow money and I'd do it faster and I'd do more. I would leverage. I think that's the biggest thing that I, I would definitely do differently. I didn't know that at the time. I thought I had to swing the hammer. But if I could do it again, I would do more deals. I would get more loans. I would JV partner if I needed to. And then you know what I would do? I would I would keep them. I wouldn't sell them. We've sold so many houses and crap, inflation has gotten crazy in these last few years. We were buying houses in Bakersfield, California when they're like 50 40, grand, 40, 50, 000, yeah. right? Now they're, you know, several hundred thousands. And it's like, we've sold 150 houses in that city, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. if we would have kept half of those, right? Like just pick the ones we liked and kept them, right? Like, mm -hmm. Ooh, man, that's that's a perspective shift right there. It's it's one of those things once you get older, you're like, I should have done it this mm -hmm. way. Yeah. I think the only thing I would have done different, I, I think that advice was fantastic what you just said, but I think I would have bought like a fourplex. We would have bought a fourplex, lived in one, and then like slowly fix them and then run them out. That's probably something that I would have done because you could have leveraged 
the loan for that without having to actually borrow money. Yeah. So that's probably something I would have done. Instead. Or just say I was going to live in one. Yeah, or that too. Or just live in it for just a... A, a year or so. Yeah, yeah, just a quick short time. Uh-huh. Exactly. Fix them all up, rent them out, and then mm-hmm. be on to the next. Exactly. Yeah. Like keeping it, keeping the fourplex. Mm-hmm. So we get the question all the time, well, okay, well, when do I start investing? And I mean, we tell our nine and 12-year-old daughters, like now, you start investing now. Uh, there's There's no right time to invest. I feel like there's always in the media, oh, it's a bad time to sell a house. Oh, it's a bad time to buy a house. Like cut all that crap out of your life. And I think no matter what time it is, like it's a great time to buy real estate. So I would say start now. Yeah. Well, even if you're not financially or ready to buy real estate, it's always the time to invest in yourself, right? If that's where we started this conversation with, Mm. you need to invest in yourself. We are literally teaching our preteen daughters right now how to buy discounted real estate, how to manage uh, a contractor, how to set up rental properties. They are learning these things. We, you know, we started learning them in our 30s, which was way, way too late, right? Like start now with that. But ultimately, you don't have to wait to buy something because you have to save a certain amount of money, right? Like most of the properties we buy, we actually purchase with none of our money. We purchase with banks money. We purchase with investor money, right? Like if you can get a deal, and, and it's a good deal, somebody will happily come in and put the money up for it. Mm-hmm. You will be scared. I think that's an important aspect of it. I think people, when they're scared, they think that's a, a telltale sign that, oh, this is a bad idea. Don't feed into those lies, I should say, because you will be scared. It's a scary thing. I remember when, we, like I said, we first bought our house, like it was, oh my gosh, we're going to lose money on this. The roof's going to fall down. Like the foundation's going to crack. Like you have all these like, worst case scenarios right in your mind but i think you will be scared and i think being scared is kind of good right because it pushes you further and so yes you will be scared you will be fearful you'll think that the worst outcome is going to happen but i think knowing that it's a good deal knowing that your investor is going to get paid out if you investors knowing that this is a long-term play for you i think you're going to win in the end so I would add on that. In addition, you will be scared. You will fail. You will have kicks in the face, roadblocks, hurdles. Like so many times when I'm talking to somebody new on this, they're like, oh, you know, it must have been a sign or God didn't want me to buy that property because it didn't line up perfectly. It's not supposed to line up perfectly, right? Like mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a problem. You are buying a problem, solving the problem and making money. Don't be surprised when it's challenging, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a problem, right? Business is all about solving someone else's problem and getting paid for it, mm-hmm. right? If you want to make money, you got to have problems. You just have to solve them. The more successful you are, it's just you know how to solve bigger problems, right? And you get paid more because you solve the bigger problem. If you're brand new to this, you don't know how to solve any problems and you think like a small problem is a big problem. But if you fast forward to 10 years, you'd look back at that problem and be like, I don't even recognize that. Like that's so minuscule, the tiniest little blip. So find it normal or consider that it should be normal when you have these problems and just count your blessings that, hey, you are learning these things, right? And you are becoming more valuable to the marketplace and you in the future will be able to make more money because you can solve bigger problems. Well, get out there and invest in yourself so that you can invest in other assets. We'll see you on the next one.